Hey everyone, welcome to the Create Initiative Podcast, the show that brings you insights and techniques from people in the creative world. We serve to help fellow creatives connect, learn, and grow. I'm Jason Evans, and in the Create Initiative studios, sitting across from me is the one and only Kyle Lee. How's it going, Kyle? Well, we found out not the one and only. Well, we did. We did. Well, uh, uh, we our, our guest today informed us that uh, Kyle Lee... He thought he knew me. He thought he knew Kyle. <laughs> he said, Kyle Lee, what are you doing there? And I was like, me and this guy know each other. Yeah. But and I, you had no idea. Yeah, I guess. So I'm more famous than Jared Anderson, everybody. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> That's the well, takeaway from that, today's episode. That is the takeaway. There, uh, Kyle Lee is known by... Jared Anderson. Yeah. So, um, well, we'll get to Jared's uh, interview in just a moment. We we had a great time talking uh, awesome. to Jared, so we look forward to sharing that with you. But before we do, Kyle, we have to have an update. You know, last time we talked, last time we had an episode, there was years big, ago. Years ago, it feels like it was years ago. <laughs> you know, there was there was a lot of uh, kerfuffle about the enneagram. There was. And, uh, well, you made a lot of kerfuffle. Yeah, any a scam. <laughs> yeah, but um, one thing we didn't share is the day we recorded that episode. You texted me like thirty minutes, forty-five minutes after we wrapped recording, and what did that text read as? Uh, it said that Spider-Man would no longer be in the MCU, the Marvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe. That's not the text I'm referring to. Um. Oh, I can't talk about that. Oh, that our can. all staff is talking all about the Enneagram? I guess I can. <laughs> so what's your Enneagram? Oh, I didn't. Oh, I was yeah. running sound. Okay. So <laughs> um, I'm sticking with, I'm um, a 42 with a 97 wing. I like and it. So <laughs> I like it. Well, you did, uh, you brought up Spider-Man. Brought I, think Spider-Man. We, I thought we that's what you were talking about. about. Um, did we talk about it? We did talk about it. On the show? Um, I believe we did. Did we talk about it off air? I, I talked a lot. Well, yeah. About a lot of stuff. <laughs> well, you know, there was the big, uh, the big uh, breakdown in communication between Disney and Sony. Spider-Man mm. was no longer going to be in the MCU, but the good news is they brokered a deal. Yeah, good news for everyone except for Tobey Maguire. Yeah, who obviously would have made his way back. <laughs> yeah, um, and there, there's still a chance. I mean, the, now that uh, the multiverse is potentially going to be opened up, so yes. There's a chance that Tom Holland will move over to Sony. Yeah, yeah. That's the the way it reads is very vague and presents a lot of opportunities. So that's kind of like a, the contract you signed to be on this show. Exactly. Very, very vague. Um, still nothing from my writer has been met um, from the contract. And so my lawyers are lawyers. Lawyers? L- lawyers. Yeah. It's lawyers. It's lawyers. But it's it's how it's spelled. Yeah. But everyone says lawyers around here. Yeah. How do they say it in other states? I don't know. Law attorneys. Attorneys. <laughs> there we go. Anyways, my attorneys are going to uh, clean Jason out for everything he's worth oh, because uh, I've yet to receive one item demanded on my rider, so... Well, I do want to point out you do have a big gulp sitting on the table. That I had to buy with my own change. Uh, did a Mountain Dew? Nope. Dr. Pepper today. Dr. Pepper, huh? A nice dark soda. <laughs> dark soda for hopefully one of the last days of the Oklahoma heat. 
Well, Kyle, we, we've already mentioned it, and uh, we had a fun conversation with Jared Anderson. Yeah, it was great. And uh, we both uh, got off the, the line with him thinking, man, that guy just seems like a, a good, solid dude. And so yeah. uh, we, we appreciate Jared uh, being on the show. Now, um, a, a lot of you probably remember Jared from being uh, part of the Desperation Band, one of the founding members. He's the songwriter behind songs such as Great I Am, Amazed, Rescue, and uh, he's he's really been in this amazed, industry. Amazed, man. Yeah, amazed. Dude, I love that song <laughs> so much. Um, he's He's been in the industry for, for quite a while, and he keeps pumping out great Great new music, and and he has just released a new EP called The Whole Landscape. And this is a five-song meditation on aspects of God's healing and restoration. And Kyle, you know I've got to listen to an advanced copy of it. Man, it's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. It's different. It's totally different. It's different than um, what other worship artists are releasing right now. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if there's one synth on the whole thing. I don't, I don't know if there is either. It's, it's, uh, which I'm not saying in a negative way. I mean, yeah. it's just, he, I think he was intentional about being different. Yeah. He, he's got a different sound. There's a couple songs that, uh, really emphasizes a, it's not really a choir, but you know, a lot of voices, a lot of, a lot of vocals involved yeah. and, um, great album. It is available now. So, so reach out and grab it and, uh, download it to your favorite streaming device. But, um, Kyle, let's just get right to it. We both had the opportunity to talk to him, and uh, here is our interview with Jared Anderson. Thank you for being on the Create Initiative podcast, and um, we we really appreciate you being on the show. Um, so your new album, The Whole Landscape, uh, as of the time of this recording, is just released. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about how that album came together? Maybe where you you got your inspiration, or or how it how it just evolved. Yeah, um, I kind of was. Doing a little bit of soul searching and um, just kind of coming back to where I began and um, hosting some kind of local nights of worship and these songs just be kind of began to emerge and and uh, and and kind of take shape in our little community. And so I worked with Michael Rosbach uh, to produce who I grew up with and have walked with for a long time and just tried to go a little bit more homegrown um, and and revisit, um, I guess, the congregational communal aspect of of singing. Um, I feel like this this project is, is kind of like a scrapbook memoir to where I am in my community and, um, kind of worshiping, uh, with alongside other people and kind of what is resonating in our community right now. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Jared, you, you talked a little bit, um, 
about how this this project's about healing and about God's work of healing. And um, I just wanted to ask, like, what were some of the challenges in regards to that um, and creating a work that t- focuses more on healing and admitting that we need something being healed in us in the Christian music realm? You know, sometimes it's all just like, I love Jesus, everything's lovey-dovey. Um, what are yeah. some of the challenges in creating work that says, like, listen, we're broken, we need God to come and heal us? What were some some challenges you faced when writing these songs and, and crafting this music? Yeah, I think as a worship leader and um, as kind of a, a pastor or someone that's on the stage, visible in front of people, uh, the way in which we um, kind of craft and build the architecture of our gatherings says a lot about uh, what we believe and how we see ourselves and how we see God and what we hope for. And I found, um, you know, in the, in the music space of kind of like charting CCLI and, you know, uh, watching the, the streams and, and the kind of the industry of it. Um, yeah, there's sometimes a lot that gets missed or pushed to the wayside, uh, to sacrifice, to make those things happen. And I had to go back and, and kind of recover myself. I was actually let go from, um, centricity music and my time with them and it was like okay am, am i am i done am i just like circling the wagons how am i just like riding out as a legacy artist or you know like what category am i willing to put myself in and and i'm like okay there's still like kind of fresh words and fresh language and sound kind of bubbling up and Am I going to take the risk to re-engage that um, in a different context? And so this project is is a result of that. That's great. Um, in the uh, kind of the press release, it it talked about how these these songs were put together as a uh, kind of like a meditation. Um, could you could you talk a little bit about that and what that means to you? Um, the the whole landscape is like, um, I heard this really amazing quote from, or I sat under the teaching of Dr. Dan Allender, who's, um, Christian psychologist and therapist and really, uh, really gifted, um, speaker and author. And he said, he he was talking about in the context of marriage, but he said, the soul is a continent to be discovered. And he was saying it in terms of of his marriage relationship, like my wife is a continent and I as a chief witness am like on task to go and, and explore it. And that metaphor just stuck with me so deeply and and that really became the concept of the whole landscape, it being the internal landscape. Um, being just as vast as the external. So the, the meditation, I think in our practice and especially in our like kind of professional Christian practice, uh, we are quite busy, um, you know, event planning that a lot of this 
pastoral, um, navigating people's stories with them, um, that art becomes a little lost in the shuffle. So this is a, an attempt at, at that recovery. Cool. Um, I wanted to take a minute too and um, ask you if you could tell us a little bit more about the co-write community. Yeah. Um, this is our fifth year doing the co-write retreats. Um, it started, I began writing worship music by myself and, um, and kind of whenever, wherever. Um, and I, I was invited early on in my process to go to Nashville and go into a songwriting session with other writers and try and collaborate on something together. So the, the shift of showing up at 10 a.m. on a Tuesday to uh, write music was just different. And the idea of collaborating with people that I had never met before was like a big hurdle for me. And yet I found I was writing things that I'd never I would have never written on my own. And it was a really incredible way to connect with people um, that were chasing this very same thing I was. And so I thought, man, how could we, I know a bunch of worship pastors around the country and I know they're producing music and their congregations are singing and how could we, you know, collaborate together um, with people that are outside our context? And so that these retreats are about 50, we cap it at 50 people and we get together and collaborate and, um, and then we showcase the songs that we wrote uh, during the retreat. So, and it's a, really a time to kind of rediscover um, the heart and what the, our prophetic voice, there is like training and demonstration on, on kind of the mechanics of writing and, and uh, what makes a good song, but the heart is the, is the main topic. Yeah. Would you say that um, because of, you know, you said, you say this is your all's fifth one uh, uh-huh. um, out of that collaboration. You, you had said that you'd written some stuff that you probably never would have before. Do you think any of that experience inspired some of this new project that you have coming out? Oh yeah. The, I, I didn't write any of the songs that are on the project at the retreat specifically. Um, one of the songs was written at a writing retreat, but, um, but yeah, it, it really is about providing space for people to, um, reconnect with their own voice and, and collaborate together. So, um, definitely the ethos of that uh, carries into this project. Anything we do, you know, communally is, uh, is, it becomes part of our bones and, um, yeah, yeah, it definitely leaks over to, to this project. I love that. Well, you, you kind of keep using that word collaboration and, you know, it's, it's one in the creative space and in the, the songwriter space that it, it gets thrown around a lot, but you mentioned how, by nature, it's very difficult to collaborate. 
um, you know, especially for creatives, you know, for, for creatives, you know, and you mentioned that for yourself, like what, how did you kind of overcome that, that either avoidance of collaboration or maybe being scared of collaborating and, and hearing other ideas? Oh man, that's a, that's a great question because it is so, uh, it's so disruptive to, um, your own imagination when someone else is in the room with you. Uh, I'm so used to being in my own headspace, and I, I don't, you know, I don't take visitors very well <laughs> to that. To that There's no visiting hours. So yeah, totally. I, I guess the main, the main track that I, or belief that I've had to hold on to was I'm here and I want to value the relationship more than the product. And I, I am, I, I've, and now I've found like, if someone else can even be a witness to my journey, that is really, really powerful for me. Um, I think when there are no visiting hours in my imagination, I can tend to feel really isolated and alone and uh, almost like a stranger in the room. And so the art of like taking the risk to speak it, to name, to name it and to um, and then sometimes you got to defend the idea, you know, or the reason why it's valuable. And um, just that whole that whole dynamic of of honoring the gift in someone else and honoring the gift in yourself. Um, there's so many powerful things at play there and it, and it leaks over to how we just hold friendship and relationship because it's very intimate to share your creativity. with someone. So kind of on that note of collaboration, uh, as you've done these, these retreats and as you've done other writing retreats and stuff like that, have you found ways to, just in general, develop yourself more to be collaborative or is that just a, a constant challenge? I don't know. It's always risky. Um, there, there's no way to limit your risk exposure other than to write the song before you get in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, here's my song. Do you want your name on it or not? Um, <laughs> so, but that's like, that's where we peel back. Like where, how much are we willing to give up in order to walk with one another and see what might evolve and what might come? Um, I do think it just, it takes practice and there, I I think there are people I've met writers that, that help me immensely. And I learn a lot about myself, um, in the process, you know, when things weren't going well, I would, I would feel responsible that we're stuck as a group and I'd be like, Oh, maybe we should just move on to another idea, you know? Um, so it's, um, it's super, it's really dynamic, but it's a, it's a powerful place to learn and to grow. Awesome. Well, I mean, it, it's just such a challenge. I know for me, you know, personally, like allowing other people, I love you said, uh, uh, 
visiting hours in in my imagination. Um, I like the way you put that um, because that's just such a challenge. So I appreciate those words. Um, uh, if I can switch gears just a second, this this wasn't on the list, but um, uh, I wanted to kind of talk about you. You've been doing the worship leading and songwriting, and and you've been kind of a visible person uh, for, for many years now. And, but, I I know you have a family, you have six kids, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of always have this question of how, how do you manage leading at the church and, and being a songwriter and being a father and a, and a husband at home? Totally. Um, so I'm, I have had to, I'm not on a full-time staff at my church. So I lead once a month there and, um, I lead once a month actually out at a church in Tennessee, just South of Nashville. Um, and so I, yeah, it's totally, um, <laughs> there's like no rule book. Yeah. And I mean, but from but from the be- like early on, even when, with Desperation Band, when, when I was still on staff, there were guys like like Paul Balash and Lincoln Brewster and um, Reuben Morgan from Hillsong and and different people that were you know this was all kind of new. This is all like there was no context for this, and now now there's a little bit more context for. Um, how do I stay connected? How do I have a family and still do this? Um, and what does that, what does that look like? And, um, so it, it is like a case by case, you know, you can't, you can't just overcommit to stuff and yet, yet you've got to do something, you know? Um, it's, it's totally a, a dance because I've been in seasons where I was like, had, I was making great money, but I was gone all the time. My family was miserable. Right. And it's like, wow, this is not worth it. This is not worth it. This is not living. And that's, a you know, pretty soon you're going to find out whether you, how great your commitment is to living because it will take everything you have to give it. Um, so that just takes, oftentimes we need people around us that don't have a dog in the fight. I remember being on staff and my, the people that were my mentors were also my boss, you know, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it really works to have that long term. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that, that, that's more, more than more hats than one person should wear. Um, so as we grow and mature, we kind of have to diversify as well and have people that speak into our process and witness our process that really have no dog in the fight. And then people that are outside our context that we're sharing with that we can speak to because leadership is often a lonely place and you're asked to carry a lot of, uh, other people's stories and process, but who's carrying yours. So, um, you know, that's, that's definitely something, uh, that's, that's big to look into in, in special ministry. Yeah. Like, 
I, I was just sitting here thinking you mentioned, you know, when, when you kind of started in this, uh, uh, this field, you know, it was all new. And even the people who had gained notoriety, it was still all new. Um, you know, now looking back on the last, you know, 15, 15 or so years, um, is, I mean, how do you take stock of all that? What does that mean to you? Uh, um, Oh my gosh. There are, I, I mean, the, I did a project called the narrow road and that kind of, I keep coming back to that metaphor of like, um, you can be so committed to the system of, you know, uh, I guess the, the religious system because it's, it works and it, it rewards you and all that. Or you can um, be extremely worldly and, and uh, you know, bottom line. It's, you know, go for the money. God's everywhere. Go for the money, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. so, so it really is like a commitment to what kind of person am I going to be? You know, am I going to be able to live with myself in 10 years? And what is that going to look like to build a life? So uh, yes, enduring, um, there's been betrayal. There's been, uh, you know, people that I thought were, uh, in my corner that weren't. And, um, people that I've, given a lot of trust to that didn't really earn it. Um, and stuff I've had to own along the way. It's been a huge, you know, lots of growing going on (laughs) for sure. With all that in mind, um, and just with the way that you, you know, I don't know, radio Christian, you know, top CCL charts and everything are kind of presenting, Hey, this is what it means to be a worship leader. It should look like this. This is what success means in the, worship sphere, you know, um, what is some encouragement that you would be able to give to any up and coming worship leaders or songwriters listening to this, that maybe they are sitting there thinking, I don't, I don't fit any of the check off any of those boxes, but I, I feel like God's put this call on my heart. Yeah. Oh, it's, um, keeping track of your heart is like, job one. I mean, John Chris whole check your heart, right? (laughs) Um, And, uh, the heart is, is primary and the, the job is further down. And it's so tricky because when you give your heart to a place, um, it, the church can never carry your heart, right? Like, it, it can't hold. So I, I don't know this thing of like God lives in people's hearts because they're the only place big enough to hold him. Like he doesn't live in churches or buildings or organizations like he lives in people. Right. And so um, the organization can't justify or hold your heart like the Lord can and like people can. And I love this thing John Eldridge says, like, if you make it through life and have two great friends, then you are a rich man. You're a millionaire. Like, um, 
those just are primary and leading people in worship is an incredible privilege and you can do it with all your heart. Um, you just need people. You need big brothers and big sisters to care for you and to witness what is taking witness your journey and how you are holding these wins and losses. And you can't do this without a proper, proper support. And your boss is not proper support. We want to thank Jared again for being on the Create Initiative podcast. And Kyle, I mean, like we mentioned before, it was just a great conversation. Yeah, and what 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 you listeners probably didn't what probably didn't make the cut is the the twenty minutes of uh, of our conversation where I was just singing Jared Anderson's songs back to him, um, acapella, totally botching the lyrics just to see what he thought of uh, my vocal chops. But um, so. Like I said, great interview. Ended very poorly. Um, told us not to ever contact him again. But uh, yeah, no, that just we, that didn't happen. We seem to have that that rapport with, <laughs> with these people. <laughs> Strangely now, enough, I thought we were going to be interviewing Louis Anderson. <laughs> oh man, no, Jared was great, and we're, he was we're awesome. glad uh, that he took the time to be a part of the show. Go check out his album, The Whole Landscape, and. Uh, uh, really just listen to it take part in it it is it is a great great piece of art so um Kyle we need to wrap up and get out of here but before we go we have to remind everybody November is right around the corner we are in October woohoo and on November 4th and November 5th we have our next round of create gatherings number November November 4th in Oklahoma City. It'll be at Destiny Christian Center on the south side. And then November 5th at Victory Church in Tulsa. And so you can register now at createinitiative.org. And it's totally free. There will be drinks and snacks uh, provided. But it's a great opportunity to meet fellow creatives, to 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 network and to, to learn and, and gain ideas from other people. And Kyle, I mean... This is going to be our Halloween alternative, this right? Is, this is our Halloween alternative. So Hall- definitely, night. definitely dress up as your favorite Bible character, um, or favorite move of our God. Holy Ghost weenie roast, uh, <laughs> big bonfire, you know, bobbing for Bibles. Yeah, all that, all that good stuff. And and Kyle, uh, really, I mean, if we haven't convinced you to come, come now. Uh, this will definitely do the convincing, and that is our guest speaker, guest presenter for the evening, is Richard Smith. Uh, he's the winner of the 2018 Create Initiative Film Festival Audience Choice Award. He is just an all-around create creative guy, and uh, he he's been sharing a little bit about what he's got. He's going to have swag for everybody, and uh, he's making it himself, and so. Um, he's really putting everything into it and he's, he's going to go around the question 
of can you be creative and not be a creator? So um, come check it out November 4th in Oklahoma City, November 5th in Tulsa. You can get all the information at creatingthishift.org. Both evenings will begin at 7 p.m. And again, it is free to attend. We just want you to register so we know and wear a costume. you're coming. And wear your favorite Bible character costume. Richard will be dressed up as one of those unexplainable beasts from Revelations. Oh, wow. That he told you that? Yeah, he definitely told me that. Just text me, right? I can confirm. Man. The, uh, so, well, from, the, from the Bible. From the Bible. Well, we hope you will join us on November 4th and November 5th. So again, creatinginstitute.org, get all the details. And Kyle, um, man, it's good to be back. It's great. To, next time, we won't have to have the air conditioner cranked so low. That's true. That's true. It will be into the two weeks of Oklahoma fall so awesome. It's so awesome. Well, for Kyle Lee, I am Jason Evans, and we thank you for tuning into the show, and uh, we hope you have a great one, and we'll be back in just a couple of weeks. <laughs>